time to take the next step with Looney Libis. Step 17. Messaging. All right, we spent the last few weeks talking about marketing in various forms, and let's wrap up that topic this week talking about messaging. And that's a marketing term. Messaging just means the words you choose to describe your company. Now, that sounds like a simple definition, but actually putting it into practice, well, that's where it gets hard. It's hard because no one's taught you what words to pick. Uh, and the first words that come to mind are usually not the ones you should use. So here's some, some pitfalls that I've seen over and over again. Number one, the most important information comes first. The problem you're solving is usually the most important piece of information. Sometimes the solution should come first, but it certainly shouldn't be the date of incorporation. That's generally irrelevant unless you're trying to show that you have a great established company like in 1842, such and such company. But even then, get to the point. Similarly, I work with a lot of socially conscious companies, and for some reason, they want to hammer home that message at the beginning. They want to say that such and such company is a social enterprise that blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? The social enterprise part, I like it best when it's embedded in the product or service, when it's obvious from the problem you're solving that you're socially conscious or environmentally conscious, and therefore, you don't have to tell me that. You can save two words and get to the point much quicker by just jumping right there and telling me why I should read this sentence. That's really pitfall number two. Forgetting the fact that people don't want to read your messaging. So whether they're falling onto your website or brochure at a trade show or whatnot, just keep in mind that people are saturated with marketing messages and they probably don't want to read yours. So it's up to you to be compelling up front in order for them to want to read the rest of that first sentence, let alone the second sentence. That brings us to pitfall three, which is talking about everything in the future tense. This is a very common pitfall for people who are first-time entrepreneurs who haven't actually launched their product yet, but are working on their business plans, are, are trying to figure out what that product should be. They tend to write all their messaging in the future tense, and then when the product finally launches, they don't realize that it's live, and they continue to keep talking about it in the, in the future tense. And the problem is that those of us who read a lot of messaging, which is most people these days, but especially investors and mentors and, and people who could help you, when we start seeing all this language in future tense, we just assume that you have a half-baked idea, that you're not ready for our help, you're definitely not ready for our investment dollars, that this idea of yours, that this idea of yours may happen in the future someday, but probably isn't, and therefore isn't worth our time even reading this sentence. That's a quick fix, right? Just move everything to the present tense. If you are working on your business plan, then you are in fact in the present tense, which gets to the next pitfall, pitfall number four, which is specific choice, not just of words, but of verb. What verb do you use to talk about your company? Well, ideally you wanna pick an action verb, so present tense action verb. You don't wanna say that such and such company is producing blah, blah, blah. What you want to say is such and such company produces. And that may sound like they're exactly the same, but they're not. Because produces or distributes or aggregates or manufactures or anything where you do, where the verb implies some action you are doing right now, comes across that this exists for real, whether or not it does or not. 
That's irrelevant. When, when we're in the world of marketing, we can stretch the truth just a little bit. But again, if you're working on your business plan and you're about to do this, your company will be doing this, this action in the next few months, then you are doing it right now. Planning for it is the same as doing when it comes to marketing. Pitfall five, well, that's believing that your backstory, the story of how you got from your idea to where you are today, is important to anyone else besides you. And that may sound a little harsh, because sometimes it is important, but usually 99 times out of 100, it's not. Usually the problem you're solving is way more important to your audience than your personal story of how you struggled to get where you are today. So too often what I see is in, in 2015, XYZ company, a social enterprise based in somewhere in the world, founded by a name or two, came up with the idea of such and such and got formed and will be delivering or will be producing or will be manufacturing such and such in the future. Kind of wrapping all those problems together into one sentence. Yeah, as opposed to such and such company produces X to solve the problem of Y. That's a lot shorter, a lot more to the point, a lot clearer. And if that messaging resonates with the audience, well, then they're going to want to know more. That is the whole point here, is you want to put out the first sentence that makes the audience want to read the second sentence, and then the third, and then the second paragraph, and then the whole page, and so forth, right? You certainly can't give them all the information they need in the first seven, eight, ten words in the first sentence. You want to tease them along. Now, those words, we'll go back to... Um, the next pitfall, pitfall six, what these words you choose, they choose words that I would call marketing speak. They choose big fancy words, words that they think an MBA would say. All right, so I have, I have one in front of me here. It says, um, such and such company is a for-profit social enterprise that provides affordable, efficient, and environmentally friendly energy solutions. Let's hear that again. Environmentally friendly energy solutions. Okay, so I will ask you right now, what did they produce? What did they sell? Well, we don't know. Do we want to know? Maybe. Maybe the word energy is going to catch your eye. But it would be much clearer if you just said what it is that they sell. And in this case, they sell charcoal briquettes. Right? That's what they do right now. They want to do other things in the future. They want to do other green renewable energy solutions in the future. But right now, they sell charcoal briquettes. The rewritten version of that that phrase, that opening line, is such and such company turns sugarcane waste into charcoal briquettes, replacing deforestation with recycling. Now, let me say those two again, just so you understand the differences here. Such and such company is a for-profit social enterprise that provides affordable, efficient, and environmentally friendly energy solutions. Let's break that down, okay? The company is a for-profit social enterprise. Well, that's irrelevant to, to the opening line. We can say that later if, if we think it's important. It provides affordable, efficient, and environmentally friendly energy solutions. Energy solutions is way too broad. Affordable is a nice word. Efficient is a nice word. But by this point, you know, seven words in, we don't know what the product is and we don't know what the problem is. So we don't know what affordable is or efficient is. And environmentally friendly, that's just some buzzword. Right? That's marketing speak. As opposed to... Such and such company turns sugarcane waste into charcoal briquettes, replacing deforestation with recycling. 
So we have what the product is. It's charcoal briquettes, but we know they're from ag waste. We know they're from agricultural waste because we, we said sugarcane waste. It's even more specific. And we know what problem it's solving, which is deforestation. And we have a keyword in there that's recycling, but we already kind of mentioned that, right? If you take waste and you turn it into a product, you are recycling. We don't know where this company is. That would be expected to be in the, in the next sentence. Maybe the word affordable will show up in the next sentence talking about the customers. That might be, the next sentence might be talking about the packaging or the business model. This might be a company that sells to businesses. It might be a company that sells direct to consumers. We don't know that yet. But for anyone who's interested in recycling and in energy and in deforestation, we've now potentially grabbed their interest from all of, what, eight or nine or 10 words here. So what is that next sentence? Well, in this particular case, it's our briquettes are more affordable, nearly smokeless, higher energy and longer lasting than conventional wood charcoal and firewood. So that next sentence, that second sentence is all about the product. This product is better in five different ways than its competition. And its competition is stated right there, which is wood charcoal and firewood. Now, we still don't know where the company's based. We don't know what their business model is. There's a whole bunch of questions that we still have, and that's good, right? In the case of startups and the messaging around them, you want the audience to always have another question because if they're an investor, you want them to contact you and ask those questions. No one's going to write a check just because of the messaging you put on your website or in your pitch deck. We'll talk about pitch decks many weeks from now. If it's a customer, well... If all these keywords here, more affordable, smokeless, higher energy, if those keywords attracted the customers, well, what's their next question? How much does it cost and can I have it tomorrow? Great questions to ask. You want the, you want the customer to be calling you on the phone or emailing you and asking those questions so you can close them. Because customers, most of the time for a new company, they're not going to simply fill out a form and order some stuff without ever talking to anybody. It doesn't often happen, even in these days of web-based services, at least not for big orders. And for startups, there's a third audience that your messaging is targeting as well, which is potential team members, right? So whether they find you or you find them, they are going to go to your website. They're going to go and um, read your blog posts. They may find your newsletter. They're going to see your messaging. And if their interest isn't captured in the first two sentences or three sentences, just like everyone else, just like investors and customers, well, then that's not going to go so well in terms of you recruiting them. One of these simple English words has to catch their interest, whether it's deforestation or smokeless briquettes or charcoal or firewood or something. Something in those first two sentences has to make them interested. And their next question is, well, how can I help? And if you can get them to the point where they're asking, how can I help? Well, then you can have the interview process start and you can see whether or not they're a good fit. And I say simple English words on purpose. Personally, when I write all my marketing materials, I write to maybe a 12th grade level, right? I try and make it more like a 10th grade level. I try not to use big fancy words. I try not to use lots of syllables. I try not to use any jargon. Or if I am using jargon, I try and define it somewhere in the messaging. I try and say everything I want to say using the least number of words possible. That's the same goal I have when I write my books and I do my podcasts. And I see that we're almost 12 minutes in for this week. And so we're going to cut it off here. And then next time, I'm going to show you some real examples from real companies 
I'm going to explain how to cut down the number of words, pick simpler words, and put it all together to make some real messaging from a real company. Until then.